0: Down, brings me
1: This week, Reginald plays the troubadour. Commissioner Gordon decides to fight on the beaches and Christina's mom gives her a haircut. He has a thing for wire hangers. I'm still standing. And either one of us could easily kick Neville Chamberlain's ass. Welcome (laughs) to Two Real Reviewers. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy Friday, my Uh, friend. I know. I'm I'm excited. I want
2: to – before we get going, we need to do a couple quick things. A big shout-out to our back-to-back winner for the coffee – for the Starbucks uh, gift card, Uh, Nikki um, Crawford. Nicole Crawford won back-to-back. She picked – uh, powerful from our, powerful. our first move. Powerful, a Marty som-
1: Schottenheimer word. <laughs> good girl good Hunting. Um, the bubbles
2: from back to school. What's a party without bubbles? What's a party without bubbles? And our third one, do you remember what the third word was? Squishy. Squishy. Which Squishy. So I get text messages from these guys and they're nonstop and she couldn't figure out that last one. So like she listened to that podcast probably like five times in a row and kept sending me like one word nope that's not it nope good luck nope Go sorry back. you know Listen finally again. she got squishy but so we'll send that out to her she tagged us on her uh, last post and we want to also give out to um uh real quick uh pat a uh, little patty or patty montagano uh she is now our ad or advertisement our sponsor um, oh. she is, uh, pro- uh, she is out there promoting, uh, women's, uh, workout aerobics outfits. So, and, uh, you can go to her Facebook group. Um, it's under Patricia Zaya VIP, Z-Y-I-A. So, um, if you're out there folks, take a listen, uh, or take a listen, take a click on Facebook, um, at Patricia Zaya VIP and, um, go over there and see our sponsor. So thank you to them.
1: Right on! Speaking Love the of sponsorship. VIPs. VIPs, number one fans. That's right. Loyal listeners. Mm-hmm. Always on the real tip fans. The <laughs> real, fans, real, fans real, real fans. Real fans. Real real fans. Real real fans. So speaking of VIPs, we have a VIP today, don't we, Rock? We do. We have an extra secret, special guest host nice. that's joining. That's joining us this week. After weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months of asking. If she could be on, I am delighted to have my lone daughter, uh, who is a big fan of one of the movies that we're going to review tonight, on with us uh, to help uh, review Rocket Man. That is the one and only Liv Hurt. Good evening, Hello. Liv. <laughs>
2: <sighs>
1: that was a f- noise. Where's the fake crowd noise? Like I got to find that. Yeah, do we have game. one? I get it. I get it. That
2: was it. I just did it. You didn't hear it, guys?
1: Gosh, you hurt my ear. I feelings. did hear it. I wasn't okay, that good. Okay, it was
2: pretty good. <laughs> I sound like the current existing fans uh, that are in sports right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, Sporting the cardboard games ones?
1: The sporting events, the cardboard ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this week we decided to do biopics because there are a bunch of them that are coming out soon, but plenty that have been done, right? Mm-hmm. Not only the three that For we're sure. going to talk about tonight, but think of some of the others. 42. Excellent. Movie. Right. Which tomorrow is Jackie Robinson day. Right. Right. Coal miner's daughter. Mm-hmm. American sniper. Mm-hmm. Lincoln. Keep on going. There's hidden, <laughs> so many <laughs> hidden figures. Mm-hmm. Excellent so, movies. All of them, actually. I, I, I think all of those are great movies and, In my opinion, the ones that are done the very best is when the main actor, whoever the professional is, that they actually transform into the individual that's being portrayed. So we'll see if any of these three movies live up to that tonight. And we're gonna start with really Liv's suggestion, which is the 2019 movie, Rocket Man. Take it away, Liv.
0: Yes. So we have the 2019 biopic Rocket Man, which is a biopic style film showing the trials and tribulations of the truly incredible world famous rock star that we all know, Sir Elton Hercules John. Hercules, Hercules. Yeah. Um,. The movie meanders through his childhood, rise to fame, his eventual coping mechanisms, and finally his plateau after he hits rehab, and it truly shows how fame can either destroy someone or bring them straight to the top. And while it's technically considered a biopic, it really does act more of a musical. Um, It has a a full soundtrack with 22 songs, Mm -hmm. but it also features some of Elton's most famous tracks such as tiny dancer the bitch is back a personal favorite um your song goodbye yellow brick road which is the namesake of his farewell tour and of course obviously rocket man um which are all set to dance scenes um other just really where i feel like the songs that they chose for this i mean elton has hundreds of songs I'm, more than a thousand sure range could, but <laughs> maybe dad i'm sure you could name all of them in order um no
1: i wish i could but i can't
0: I, that truly surprises me
1: but i, I know like, be mr soundtrack you know that's <laughs> yeah. his niche over there mr yeah, soundtrack, mr. Well, soundtrack. Being, yeah. being, <laughs> a, being an elton john fan since i was nine years old and receiving elton john's greatest hits for my birthday in 1975 that's how it all started with me. Was that your first album? Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes.
2: R- okay. My name Huey Lewis in the news, but what- <laughs> but okay, Huey so Lewis well, in the news. Do- yes. Sports. Anyways, um, Liv, I have to That's a great album you. by the way. You're you're uh, you're how old are you, Liv? now? how old are you?
0: I am. I'm almost nineteen. Almost so- nineteen. Okay. I wasn't always a fan of Elton John but okay. when I got to like high school and college it definitely started appealing more to my music taste and of course it was a special um bond that I got to have with my dad um nice. so um when this movie came out I was working at a movie theater
2: mm-hmm.
0: so every like I think every day for like a week when I was working before this movie came out mm-hmm. I would go in and check the seats of the, of the very first Showtime on the day it came oh, out Oh,
2: nice! So you got to make to...
0: sure that they weren't going to fill up. Cause I wanted <laughs> to go that day. I was so excited for the release of this movie and it came out and it met all of my expectations. It is truly one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Now, I am not biased. No one is paying uh, me to say this, but okay. I truly, truly adore this movie. I think it's really fantastic. Um,
2: so you were it, prepared for it to be more of a musical.
0: Actually, no, I wasn't. Um, I had seen uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, another biopic that they did, I believe, November of 2019.
2: Close to the same time.
0: 2019, right around that time. Mm -hmm. And that one isn't a musical. It has music in it, obviously, because it's about Queen. But it's not necessarily a musical. What really makes it a musical, like when you guys did Hamilton, it was the singing and the dancing and how that threads into the story.
1: And why Um, there was so much of it. Yeah, I know. Well, Um, I can say that for this as well.
0: Right, and this – Rocket Man is definitely more of a musical in the fact that it has the singing and the dancing. So the first song that they start with, The Bitch Is Back it has a group of people dancing to the song and singing, and then eventually it fades back into the storyline. And then you have a little bit of dialogue, a little bit of action, and you get another song, a little bit of dialogue, a little bit of action, you get another song, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on down the line for the next two hours.
2: Well, and and again, I mean, I think that if, if you go into this movie with an understanding that is in maybe that's what I'll need to do moving forward is look, because I do not expect it to be what they actually quote this as is a musical fantasy. So, and and it blew me away a little bit because I didn't, when I started watching this, I'm like, "What, what is this? Why are we having cutaways? Why are we, all of a sudden we're in a AA meeting, but the next thing you know, we're up and dancing and, you know, wait, reg, that was, and I'm thinking, low like, on we, the trike. Yeah, I thought it was this like a music video he was doing. I mean, what was really going on with a lot of this stuff? And it didn't play out like it did Bohemian Rhapsody. And that was my expectation. My mm-hmm. expectation was to see it that way. So I was sort of turned off a little bit with, with this, not turned off by the acting, um, as a, you know in, in the abilities of that young man, um, but I was turned off on the movie overall
1: so well interestingly enough, the the director of this movie, Dexter Fletcher, uh, mm-hmm. wrapped up Bohemian Rhapsody. He was brought in at the end of Bohemian Rhapsody to finish it. Previous director left the project for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and I think that 's probably why a lot of us draw comparisons between these two movies because they ended up having a common director. I thought they were two completely different movies. I think the storylines are very different in that you watch Freddie pass away in Bohemian Rhapsody. And you reach a point in the story of Elton John when he essentially is bottomed out. Mm-hmm. it doesn't go in it doesn't go into his uh, career re- revitalization his work with with aids the money he raises during the academy awards and all that stuff right. it it tells a it tells a short story a good short story but it also is a lot more emotional and has a lot more pitfalls Mm-hmm. than Bohemian Rhapsody is. And I keep trying not to do that because I think both movies should stand on their own two feet, uh, instead of being compared, but they came out about the same time. They have this common director. You got two, two up and coming young actors that have the lead roles, both of them nominated for best actor, mm-hmm. uh, one winning one, not so much, but I do agree with what Liv said. This the, the musical part of this is really true. I wrestled with that. I don't know about the fantasy part though. Yeah, that's that's the that's what I had um
2: a hard time with. And and don't get me wrong, the movie is absolutely entertaining if you go in with the understanding of what it's supposed to be. If you're going into it thinking you're gonna get a uh what what's the one that was just not, not last song. What's the one that he wrote everything with Bradley Cooper, *Stars, Born. Stars, Born. Stars if, Born*. If you go into something like that, where you're thinking it's more of the full-on movie aspect of storytelling in a movie format, then you're going to be you're, you're going to be shocked because that's. I was expecting that. I literally was with was withdrawn, and I'm like, okay, wait a second here. Why are we going down to the Mamma Mia road? Why are we going down to this? That this is not what it's supposed to be. If you're gonna, for, it's it's hard for. And the reason why I say that is because it's supposed to be a bio. If it's a biopic, then it should be telling the, exact, the story of this young man from the beginning to the end. And it was so many different cutaways and cutbacks and history flashbacks that ended up with dancing. It kind of threw me off. And it took away, in my mind, it took away from the, the, um, oh, Egerton's role. I mean, he played, he played it amazing. The kid can sing. You know, we all know him from Kingsman um, 1 and 2 but what people forget is to go see him. You want to see him do some really out of control acting. Go see him and Eddie, the Eagle. I was just going to say Eddie, the Eagle. I mean, you. I started
0: watching Eddie, the Eagle. I thought it was boring. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, I well, didn't have a okay. – the storyline
0: didn't play out for me, but he, say, he, he is, acted well in that. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah,
2: you lose that he's that character, and you lose him in, as Elton John as well. I think he's an up-and-coming actor to the point where he's going to be so uh, – when he gets roles, that he's going to dive into them so much very similar to what we'll talk about in the next review, um, like Gary Oldman did. But we'll, we'll um, you know, for me, he, he was an absolute, miss. and the fact that he was the, he actually sang the songs, as opposed to Bohemian Rhapsody, actually had to have his blended. Um, but uh, Egerton, in, in you know, what, and he's, what's the one that I really got to hear him sing a lot was in the cartoon animated film Sing.
1: Mm-hmm. He's insane, he plays,
2: correct. He plays things, and just absolutely was amazing in that. So Liv, I think you you had a great pick. Um it Thank just you. wasn't what I my expectation was, well, but it doesn't gonna, take it away I'm from being a good movie. you a
0: little bit here, Monty, Okay. Just a little because I love this movie. I've seen it probably about two dozen times. Okay. Um something I do really like about this is the fact that yes, Taryn does all of the singing himself. Mm-hmm. um bohemian rhapsody he did i should i need to stop comparing them they're not the same movie and
2: i think, really I think movie. you compare them because they came out close to the same time
0: yeah and, and, and they're both
2: and they're both uh, uh, uh celebrity art musicals that's our musical uh uh groups that started off right. around the same time in their era yeah the, the 60s and 70s
0: yeah so Taryn edgerton did do the soundtrack himself um mm-hmm. and then he also has the i'm gonna love me again song with elton they sing it together which is a very nice song if you ask me additionally about this movie something i like is um elton himself is on as an executive producer um and his husband david furnish is on as a producer um so both of them are able to um be part of this movie and really be able to see it come to life exactly as they want it um the only thing so far that I've found about this movie that's false is, I think it's about 30 minutes in. Dad, you actually told me this, I believe. Um, Elton is sitting in the office of Dick James about to get his first gig, and Ray asks his last name. Elton looks at a picture of the Beatles. He sees John Lennon, and the movie implies that that's where he got his last name from, and that's not true. Um, Dad, do you remember where it's actually from?
1: I don't. I do remember that it's not John Lennon, but I don't remember the real link.
0: I believe he might have gotten it from one of his bandmates or something of the sort. That's exactly,
1: um, that's exactly what it is.
0: So, I think it's just um that's the only thing that I've found so far that's like false. Um otherwise, um I do enjoy the fact that everything is like really accurate. Um it's won a couple of awards. It won a Golden Globe, two Golden Globes, actually. Taryn Egerton won Best Actor. It won Best Original Song for the I'm Gonna Love Me Again collaboration. It was nominated for a Grammy. It won an Academy Award. And it also was featured in the GLAAD Awards, which is an award ceremony for traditionally LGBTQ. Or, you know other queer films um and so you know because elton is gay um this movie was featured in it and it won for outstanding film wide release or it was nominated my bad um which i think is is great because it it does deserve that recognition because not only is it a fantastic movie it's also going to um it does show the struggle of being a gay man in the '70s and the '80s, and the scene that always makes me cry every single time is when he's in the phone booth, and his mother says, "You'll never be loved properly." I have seen this two dozen times, and I cry every time, just because no one should ever, no, that a parent should never say that to their child, gay or not, yeah, and absolutely. it just breaks my heart every time, and it it's just it truly really shows how, um. He rose so fast. He, mm. he went from zero to 60 or to like 100, actually. Just so incredibly fast. Um, and there was the booze and the drugs and the drinking mm-hmm. and his ruined relationship with his father. And, you know. Well, the, and his
2: struggles in his, his romantic relationship, too.
0: Exactly. I mean, his relationship with, with John Reed. Um, who, in my personal opinion, is the villain of this right, right. fantastic movie? Um,
2: so, would you so, would you give would you give this movie what was? So, the...
0: I wanted to keep with your guys's traditional rating <laughs> systems of movie theater candies, and a personal favorite of mine is sour gummy worms. Sour, I really gummy,
2: love sour worms. gummy worms. All right, they're my favorite.
0: So, I am giving this movie four point nine sour gummy worms. Um specifically the orange and lime flavored sour sour gummy worms. Like you, Kay. Monty, you got you picked the burned popcorn, the fresh popcorn. <laughs> no, I work in a movie theater, so when you say all these different kinds of popcorns, I know exactly what you're talking about. All right, all so right. I'm giving this four point 9,
1: nine sour gummy worms wow. out of ten. It a minus perfect.
0: point one for the false uh, namesake of the John Lemon thing. Because
1: Long sure the- John Baldry. Is that, that what is, it came from? That is, yeah. how, that is how he got his okay. last name. Okay. When he was the keyboard player in Bluesology. Okay. Uh, the, okay. the vocalist was named Long John Baldry.
2: Gotcha. So, okay. Rod, what you, what's your
1: rankings? Because we
2: got about five minutes left before we have to move on to the next one. I just want to get in there real quick and
1: I I will I'm biased I'll admit it Uh, the music is great in this movie Uh, I'm such an Elton John fan that it probably could have been a rotten movie and I'd I'd give it a a very good review Um, I think what I like the most about this movie compared to Bohemian Rhapsody again it's the last time I'm going to draw this comparison is that nothing is glossed over nothing is really doctored with the exception of the fact that, that Elton painted his mother in a particularly bad light. The fact right. that Furnish and Elton were both executive producers on this movie, they didn't have to hold anything back. Whether or not the story that was told in Bohemian Rhapsody is, is somewhat accurate or not is a big question mark because Freddie's not around to uh either agree w- with the I way the movie that went the or not the rest
0: of Queen Roger and John and the last one that I'm currently forgetting um yeah the three of them I believe they were on as producers
1: well, that's a good point I
0: definitely could be wrong but
1: nothing is glossed over in this no. movie and and it really shows Elton's vulnerability for someone that is, who's really a a superstar. Hmm. And again, back to my earlier comments, the fact that these biopics have to have someone transform themselves into this person. I thought Taron Egerton did a a terrific job with it because it sounded like Elton John was singing when I watched this
0: movie. It really does.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: I gave this movie four red vines. Wow. Okay. Well,
2: um, (laughs) Again, I I, I know because um, of our Zoom limitations, we got about four minutes left. Um, I kind of want to give you my feedback of it. The whole musical fantasy thing caught me really off guard, and I went. It took me a while to get back um, into being a positive light in this movie. Um, Taron Egerton it played an amazing role, and I think deserves a lot more credit than what he got for it. I do believe that he needs to. He should have been should have won the oscar for this and and uh, was very disappointed he wasn't even nominated um he did get nominated for a golden globe uh just yes. so we know um for for me uh this movie is three popcorns um one for the for the music uh one for for uh taron egerton and one for the costumes <laughs>
1: I loved his outfits. You got to give love on that. That's
0: incredible. I actually looked it up. Uh, It was about one million Swarovski crystals used to make 64 (laughs) different costumes for this movie. Some of them, like if you remember the pinball wizard scene when Mm -hmm. he's like spinning in the piano, some of them he only wears for three seconds. Right. that. Right. Um, But one million – Swarovski crystals for this what? movie, which is incredible, great, if you ask me.
2: Great movie, uh, truly enjoyed. It's entertaining. But you got to go into it knowing what you're gonna see, but great choice, Liv, and and appreciate you coming on and and being our first guest host.
0: Yeah, thanks for having <laughs> me, guys. And I I have to say, last closing thought. I do agree with the fact that it's very um, blunt. It's very open. You have to mm-hmm. go into that knowing that it's gonna be rather brash. You have to know that you're gonna watch. Taron Egerton, you know, do a little cocaine or something like that. The only thing that's really not brash is um, there is like a little like sex scene, but it's really not like it's not brash. It's just brash. very implied. Mm-hmm. They like make you know what's going to happen. Well, I think yeah. they had to keep that just because bad.
2: of it. They they ran it as a musical fantasy, and you really can't right. have
0: yeah. something yeah.
2: like that done so. But yeah. uh, but I th- again entertaining but thank you so much we really yes live thank, it, Liz. thank nice. you this
0: was fun thank you <laughs> i'm
2: glad all you right. enjoyed yourselves we'll have you back on again soon
0: yes please
2: all Cheers. right bye now thanks bye. Love. Bye. we shall fight in france we shall fight on the seas and oceans
1: we shall fight with with growing confidence and going strength in the air we shall defend our island
0: whatever the cost may be
2: well it was great to have olivia on thank you so much for sharing your daughter with this with this rod that was very nice and she had some great feedback in the movie
1: well thanks for having her on too it, it, it's two real reviewers i guess i should have introduced it as Three real reviewers this week. <laughs> well, um, so
2: this biopic week, you came up with this. Did you come up with this because of Rocket Man, or did you come up with it because you're you're want to see Darkest Hour?
1: It actually was a a, a combined effort between Olivia, uh, Dog, and me about reviewing Rocket Man. Rocket Man. It's still so stuck in my head. And. Th- th- the movie that's coming out that's based on Aretha Franklin's life. Okay. Okay. Right. And and I'm I'm dying for that uh, to come up. Um. And it hasn't. And then I got to thinking. Well, what other sort of good biopics have 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 been out there in the past? And mm-hmm. there are there are tons of them. Right. And picking the right ones uh, is sometimes a chore. But I, I think we got the first one uh, was a good start right? and hopefully we're able to trade some decent notes on the 2017 <laughs> Academy Award nominated film, The Darkest Hour, uh, which is a, it spends probably a little over two hours uh, going over a mere month <laughs> in the life of of prime minister winston churchill brought to screen by the great gary oldman excellent excellent actor and Love him. It, it 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 portrays the the very early days of world war ii when F- france is folding up like a two dollar suitcase uh great britain is is faced with a very very difficult uh situation to be in are they've got the threat of invasion that is lurking, the Nazis just seem to be a, a force that that cannot be stopped, and the the Allied army uh, is cornered on the beaches of Dunkirk. Which incidentally, yes, Dunkirk also came out completely unrelated movie <laughs> the same year. And I've enjoyed gotta- Dunkirk. I've got well, it. Well, I was going to, I was going to ask you about that later. If, if you had to pick one of these two movies over the other, because the subject material is the same. When I watched, when I was getting ready to watch these movies, I thought, Oh my gosh, we're going to watch the We're going to watch a move two movies about the same subject, how boring. And I didn't feel that way at all. Well, and you know, to, to me for Dunkirk
2: and this one, I, I, maybe I missed something in Dunkirk, but I don't, I don't remember. The, and again, you know, um, so I, again, let me rephrase this. I feel kind of bad about it because I didn't know Churchill's the one that ordered all the civilian boats. Right. I learned that in darkest hour not in high school history class like i probably should like have a, like we should have exactly right <laughs> so to me i'm like oh I'm, I'm learning a little bit here um so i don't know i i, I didn't dunker was good but i think dark darkest hour is because of gary oldman i think makes this i would pick the movie over that and
1: he, he, here we go with the, my criteria again did you not feel that gary oldman commissioner gordon Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. transforms himself into Winston Churchill. He did. He did a point at parts. And this is what we're going to debate a
2: little bit, because I'm going to be honest with you. There are parts where you lose the fact that you don't, you don't realize that that's Gary Oldman. And that's amazing for any actor to, for us to sit back and say that. But at other times, and, and they won Oscar for best makeup and hairstyle, but other times when it looked like he was overdone, In his in his look, and I'll talk a little bit about this. He kind of reminded me of the actor Dan Aykroyd in Nothing But Trouble when he played uh, Judge Alvin Bobo. I don't know if you remember that. (laughs) I know that's. (laughs) I want you to go a little bit of a reach, but but go look at that. Go look at that character. His makeup at Dan Aykroyd and what he looked like as a person. Now either A the character they designed nothing but trouble Dan Aykroyd there to look like Churchill (laughs) or (laughs) B. Churchill got a little bit overdone compared to pictures that I've seen of Churchill. Now, again, Gary Oldman played a great role and I can't fault him for that, but I will say that there was other parts in there too, that I didn't quite understand. They kind of made him this feeble old man in certain scenes. And then a a scene later, the guy's twirling a cane and kicking butt walking down the hallway. Like I'm, you know, like, Bad to the bone, George Thurbridge, bad to the bone, should be playing behind him. So I didn't understand that. I didn't understand how he can be at one moment so feeble and, and barely shuffling along to another moment where he's so in stride to get to somewhere like you better get the hell out of his way. Because, because does he saved the-,
1: the world. He saved the world. And he was brought into being the prime minister really by accident. Well, but he wasn't by choice. It
2: was by, it was, but yeah, the other guy didn't want it at the time because he he, didn't want to deal with this bullshit is what it was. No,
1: he didn't. And he, he didn't, he didn't want to, he didn't want to commit political suicide by walking into, walking into, uh, having to make decisions. And at that time, if you remember the popular strategy was to essentially cave to Hitler. Correct. Well, yeah, Uh, they were going to bow down as long as they they were headed. And suddenly this, this Humpty Dumpty looking scotch drinking, I think it was scotch, scotch drinking, cigar puffing, 24 uh, hours a day, member of parliament. Yeah. From the moment he woke up until the minute (laughs) he went back to sleep. This guy comes out of nowhere and basically saves the world. Right, has so much creativity in terms of of ordering the 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 private boats and pushes back on Hitler and saves the world. So, so my question for you though is, is
2: is is did did churchill is he more famous because he stood up to everybody and just said, Screw it' Or is he just more famous for the speeches that he did? <laughs> I didn't. That's what I was trying to figure out because I've heard different stories about it. Now the movie itself, that we're supposed to, like Angela told me, when, when we talk about Mommy Dearest and we talk about Churchill and we talk about Rocket Man, we have to review the movie, not the man, because the movie wasn't. We're not reviewing what Churchill did. I've here's the great thing I can tell you that I've gotten to do as a person in my life. I have sat in the chairs that he has sat in. I have slept on the bed that he has slept in. I have I have walked where he has walked, and when I say that is because Churchill was a huge fan of the Queen Mary. And when I worked on the Queen Mary, there's there's the there's the Churchill restaurant, um, Sir Winston's, there's the Churchill Winston Churchill Suites, and I I just adored all that. I sat in the chair that he had. We actually have those chair had those chairs. So well, I thought we were still
1: talking about Elton John.
2: No. <laughs> I didn't sit in his chairs <laughs> or walk his. <laughs> he was probably on the Queen Mary too. <laughs>
1: He is the Queen Mary. Mary. I I
2: knew you were going with that one. (laughs) Um, But the bad guy, the villain in this, who was the guy that turned it down was, and I called him through the movie, discount double check, but his name is actually Viscount (laughs) Halifax is the (laughs) guy's name. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, again, the movie was great. I enjoyed the movie. Um, It amazes me about what you just said. Like the, it's like the first 30 days. So yeah, it's, it's a it's, guy it, had to go through a lot. He he was struggling because you didn't
1: see where he was born. You didn't know anything about mm-hmm. his parents. You knew very little about his wife. I mean, Christian Scott Thomas is in the movie, but and and plenty of others. But it's all about Gary Oldman. And and I
2: I I have been in his shoes in the other sense that when his wife says, "Hey, honey, you're bro- we're broke," and I say, "Okay, I'll cut my cigars down, or I'll cut my drinking." down <laughs> Uh, real real life real life stories back in our early stage of marriage that was a conversation we had it wasn't cigars but it was other stuff so um no but it you felt that i do wish that it would have had more about his wife though because i thought she played a great role as well who was played it was played by chris and scott thomas um she was she did a phenomenal job but only for
1: a few you know few scenes that she got in there um so do you think that this is a, a biopic or is it a movie about history? Because when I first saw this, I was, I was pissed that I didn't learn about the private boats, in, like you said, in, in history class in high school. I was pissed about that.
2: Well, I, I think I think we that's a great question. Um, I think it's a it's a good mirror that you're learning about history by going through the story of this man. Agreed. Um, and again, to have him put into this position in our in our history to do what he did, he did save of uh, the world. And um, you know, and I've sat back and I went to history versus Hollywood and tried to find what is right and what is wrong. The once there's a scene in there that's very powerful never happened in real life which is a little disturbing for me uh that scene was um where he went on to the underground which is the subway um the way he says that in the underground um uh, is is the subway and he talked to basically uh you know bricklayers and yeah commoners commoners and uh you know the fact that actually never really happened in real life was a little bit distraught it was a little disappointing i didn't know that so um, for I, them
1: to sell it and then not have it. I jumped up and down when Gary Oldman won the Best uh, mm-hmm. best Actor Award. Um, I really did. And I will admit that I was not a huge fan of, of him playing Commissioner Gordon in the Batman movies. I, I didn't think that role was developed very, very well. But for those of you that are are – just itching for another Gary Oldman movie to watch on top of 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 Darkest Hour. Um, check out Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. Yes, that's another really. And he, I forgot that he was nominated for Best Actor in that movie as well. Didn't win.
2: Well, it, what amazes me about his 2018 win in the Oscars for this movie was he was up against Daniel Day Lewis,
1: Phantom Thread. Denzel Washington, Roman. Phantom character. Thread. Don't ever ask me to watch, to well, watch or review that movie. But you're, you're talking Daniel
2: Day Lewis, though. The guy gets an Oscar eating cereal. I mean, he's just or gets a nod for. I don't know cereal. why. I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> we can go down a list of his movies. My Left Foot. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, what's the one where they're fighting gangs of New York? I mean, we can go on and on. Uh, you know, uh, Lincoln. I mean, he's, he's Lincoln.
1: A, Lincoln was. Lincoln was marginally entertaining. Ah, wow. Wow. But
2: for me, I still remember Gary Oldman. For me, my first movie ever watching him in was The Professional. Right. Um, and, and his character in there was absolutely annoying. And, and not because he was the bad guy. I just thought, why was he playing a Jekyll and Hyde character? Every time he took a pill, he became this bad guy. You know, and he cranked his neck and whatever. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. going back, going back to this movie, and I apologize for sides for getting out of line here. Um, it is a great historical movie based on the on the the life of uh, of uh, Winston Churchill, who did amazing things for it. And the movie itself was was slightly entertaining, wasn't? It? it? Didn't feel as long as it was. It really didn't. It kind of felt perfectly fine for me.
1: They 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 shrank thirty days into a little over two hours very, very well. It wasn't like that, what was that show that used to be on Fox, 24? That was really a whole season worth of shows <laughs> that was supposed to encapsulate one day, right? good old Kiefer. But I I, I really liked how, I mean, it, certainly it would have been great if they had spent more time about Churchill, the human being and where he came from and, and his, his roots and all that. But you'll learn a lot about who he is because Gary Oldman is so brilliant in the role because Mm -hmm. he really brings, he transforms himself into Winston Churchill and and, and you get, you get a big look at at who that person is, um, warts and all. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, it's, it's,
2: he, you can't, you don't know it's him. You don't know it's him. So. What was your the you best
1: ready? the best news for you is mm-hmm. that uh one of Gary Oldman's upcoming movies uh f- is going to feature Amy Adams. So right just, on. Just, just just so you're aware of that. Um Well isn't
2: aren't they together in uh
1: in the Justice League? Is that Amy Adams?
2: Yeah, Amy Adams. Isn't he commissioner is he commissioner in the in the Justice league movies?
1: He must be.
2: He's got to be. I don't be, be. Yeah. And and any Amy, other Amy Adams is
1: Batman's uh well, they're, they're doing, they're doing some, they're doing some movie called, um, the woman in the window. Right on. Um, so oh. I, I know the I, story I, about Peep and Tom's. I know. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you audition for that one? Um, darkest hour got four red vines for me. Wow. Uh, wow. It, it, it was, it, great. It, and, and, and weighted heavily by the acting for sure. Oh, absolutely,
2: absolutely, and I'm I'm right behind you. Um, I took a little bit off. Uh, I'm at three and a half popcorns, and I took a little bit off for the two types of of roles that they made him out to be. Um, again, I really want you, Ron, to, and maybe I'll show it on my phone as we're talking. Um, but the, the at certain times he was perfectly fine and then other times he he was seeing my like my mother and then (laughs) just and then speaking of moms that'll be my next movie (laughs) just kidding hold on Um, (laughs) but more about he seemed you know he he couldn't move more than 10 feet without you know uh, bending over his cane and things like that so there was a few things that that bothered me in that aspect so again not talking about my mom talking about winston and um so' not yeah, talking about sorry, junk, Sir winston yeah, right? Churchill so does that mean they're both they they're both sirs were they, they both? are they're oh, both knights, right. they Look were both that.
1: knighted by some royalty some, some, some royalty somebody did it <laughs> well yeah it, it was a, it King, was it who was it that who was it that knighted uh, Churchill it would have been well, he was in the movie right so it would have been King George okay right. and but I digress. I,
0: no wire hangers what's wire hangers doing in this closet when i told you no wire hangers ever
2: we're going to head off uh to here
1: in a second to our next movie a movie that you and i have shared an interest with for what 25 years it's, it's, yes. Um, and <laughs> you people got to understand what I was doing.
2: We had a coat closet for our guests that came in for meetings, right? That's right. It okay. is a nice wooden closet and we should have these nice wooden hangers that we have in there. And the guys kept putting, leaving the front desk staff, the, the, the BDTs, the big dumb turds, you know who I'm talking <laughs> about, kept putting in there the wire hangers from fricking our house key or, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, laundry, dry cleaning,
1: the dry cleaning, satellite cleaners. Yeah. In satellite Anaheim.
2: cleaners. They were getting, so anyways, all right, real quick before we move on to my movie, can you see it? Can you see it?
1: Yeah, I can't, you know, who? you know, who he resembles that. He resembles Charles Nelson Riley in uh, Lidsville. Do oh, you remember that? Uh, yes. Sid Martin. Artie Croft, uh, fabulous. One of my favorite shows as a kid. Uh, that's he looks like. Uh, who do. So sorry folks that we, Rod and I are going off
2: of who Winston Churchill looks like in the movie, like the character, other characters. So we're showing each other pictures on our zoom meeting here, our zoom podcast. Um, so we are going to head into our, our next film and back to what I was stating. Um, we kept having the dry cleaning hangers, and I yelled one time at the staff. I said, no wire hangers, and you heard it and then from your upstairs castle that you lived in. <laughs> yeah, from boop, moving on up. Boop. boop. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you came down and started laughing and calling me Joan Crawford, and then we went on and on and on, and, and that is obviously what we know from Mommy Dearest. Uh, Mommy Dearest is a 1981 American— uh, biographical drama it is a film directed by frank perry the film is basically christina crawford's version of what it was like to live with her mother uh uh, christina crawford was adopted by actress joan crawford she um, depicts her as a abusive and manipulative mother who basically hurt in an her and her adopted children. Uh, the movie is stars Faye Dunaway, Mara Hobel, Diana Scarwid. The film was adapted into a screen by Robert Get, uh, Getchell, Terry Hotchner, Frank Perry, and Frank Gablins. It is from, like I say, the book of the same name by Christina Crawford. The executive producers that set in on this movie were Christina's husband, uh, David Kuntz, and Terry O'Neill, and Dunaway, Faye Dunaway's then boyfriend and soon-to-be husband um terry o'neill excuse me the film was distributed by paramount pictures uh the only one of the eight large film studios which would have uh, crawford had never actually worked for in a feature film so you know the fact that she worked for all these different major studios the big eight and this paramount pictures the only one she never worked for and they're the ones that put a movie out about her life um the film was a commercial success growing a whopping 39 million dollars in 1981 that's that is shocking we have tv commercials made for more than that um, (laughs) nowadays Uh, but its original budget was five million and it was actually received very negatively as a film with a bizarre script um overcharged acting particularly part of of faye dunaway and but it brought on a cult following to the film as an unintentional comedy um when watching this movie I watched it when I was a kid I used to joke around that my mom would make us watch this movie so that when she yelled and screamed at us we wouldn't think it was so bad because Joan Crawford did it um, <laughs> so we could say oh she's doing what a celebrity does <laughs> she's beating me with wire hangers <laughs> It's okay. happens in all those Hollywood homes. (laughs) I'm kidding, Nana. It never happened. You never beat us with hangers. We've got to pick out our own twig stick in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I, I read a lot about this movie while I was watching it because I, like I said, I've seen it a hundred times. It seems like, and I didn't know some of the storyline behind it. And so again I to review the movie I'm going to agree with uh the reviews on this that it was it was very much um an overacting type film uh it, it, for me it played out like a daytime soap opera it, it Faye Dunaway was absolutely amazing if that's how Joan Crawford was but I don't know how Joan Crawford was I don't I didn't haven't watched any documentaries on her I don't know of any really true backgrounds so for me Faye Dunaway played it as if she was a Knotts Landing on Knotts Landing or Dallas, and it's a two hour episode. Um, Other actors in this movie were okay. Uh, I didn't care. I I, I did put this down as a cult classic because I do believe that it has become a cult classic. Um, There are, my wife brought it to my attention. We have a 20 some odd year connection of no more wire hangers. But I grew up joking with my mom about this, with my brothers about this, my sisters about this. No more wire hangers. We've acted it out in our homes. We've joked around about it in our homes. I've joked around about it in my own closet with my wife nowadays, yelling at her jokingly. It's something that everybody has joked around about. And then my wife comes to me last night and tells me, do you know that was never true? That never happened? The rumor is it never happened. And I'm like, quiet woman. <laughs> that happened, and it happened more than once. And we're that's gonna right. keep it that way because that's how I want it to be. So don't take away my history. People are already taking away my history. Don't take away that. Um, I, 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 like I said, there. I refuse to believe it. That in the whole Ajax, where she's throwing around the Ajax or the comet. Um, so reading up on this, it is st- it states that since it came out with such negative reviews that people started going to the theater as if it was similar to Rocky Horror Picture Show. They showed up with hangers and Ajax. And during that <laughs> scene, they would squirt, you know, throw them around in the theater, the Ajax and stuff. Wow. So, so the the company, Paramount Pictures, decided to start marketing it as a cult-style classic where you can come and do these things, and that pissed off Faye Dunaway. So Faye was pissed. Faye actually went into this movie thinking that this is her role and she's going to win an Oscar for this. And all she won was a Raspberry Award, which is unfortunate. Because I thought if Joan Crawford really was like this, then Faye Dunaway did a freaking phenomenal job and should have been recognized for it. Well, who doesn't like Faye Dunaway? Finding out more and more, not a lot. Actually, the people on this set – said that they despised Faye Dunaway more than they did when Joan Crawford was alive. Because at least Joan Crawford would only use and abuse her staff and her at home and her kids. She wouldn't treat the current people she's working with like shit. And I guess that's where Faye Dunaway was there stating that she was despicable to work with.
1: And interestingly enough, I found out that Joan Crawford back in the day, back in the day, received two golden apple awards you know what golden apple awards are Wait, is that from the witch of the <laughs> disney That's No, like no, sorry no it's <laughs> not a, it's not a, she it she wasn't an there? extra in the wizard of oz <laughs> she got two golden apple awards for being the most cooperative actress yes in movies so I, i'm I I'm, scr- I'm scratching my head going well if if she was if on set she was so cooperative Right. Why was she a witch at home with her kids? And then I started thinking about Joan Crawford movies and I'm going, well, was she really that big of a deal? Well, mm-hmm. she played Mildred Pierce. Right. It's a really good movie. Well, she won an Oscar for Mildred. She did. Right. And then I got to thinking about Faye Dunaway and some of her movies. Mm-hmm. And I think she's probably got more noteworthy roles. But you know what, Faye Dunaway to me, what Faye Dunaway is known for more so than "Mommy Dearest" or "Barfly," which I, which is a movie that I love. You've mentioned what, that movie a few times. You know that, you know, right? You know what fascinates me about <laughs> Faye Dunaway? What's up? She was married to Peter Wolf. You know who Peter Wolf is? The uh, um, director, no. Peter Wolf was the lead singer of the Jay oh, Giles band. Thank you. Yes. 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 <laughs> now, does that, does that, do those two seem to go together at all? No. Didn't me. <laughs> and the other, the other, uh, the other connect the dots that I have is the director of this movie, Frank Perry. Mm-hmm. Guess who his niece is? I don't know. Katy Perry. No. Yeah.
2: He's serious? Yeah. Well, who just had a baby? And, and give it up to Katie.
1: I didn't know that, but, uh, yeah. but screw Frank. Cause he missed out on this one. <laughs> no, I, he, and, and doesn't this movie and here's, 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 here's the other thing about this movie in particular and right. Faye Dunaway. Right. Okay. It seems like this movie was made a hundred years ago. Right. And it seems like Faye Dunaway is older than dirt and maybe she is, But it just seems like this movie was made a long time ago. Part of it is the fact that it was in black and white, I'm sure. But this movie was made when I was in high school. Right. Now, I know I'm an old dude, but I'm not that
2: old. To to me, uh, you know, Faye Dunaway, she is an accomplished actress, obviously. You know, she won her 1977. She won the Oscar for, you know network she'd been nominated twice out of her her she's got a lot of similarities to what joan did i think joan only won one or two it was nominated for three or something like that so there's a lot of 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 connection there between them Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if you heard this but um Joan Crawford actually said that basically Faye Dunaway was this up and coming actress and was going to be yeah. the one and only, you know, blah, blah, blah. And hyped up Faye as being the best actress she knows. Yeah.
1: And then Joan croaks <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the late seventies and five years later, Faye Dunaway portrays her in a, in a, a terrible light. I mean, to yes. your point, Monty, if she really was like that I- at home with Christina and, 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 and the son, Mm -hmm. Well, that's really, I mean, that's really unfortunate, but I, 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 you don't know otherwise. No, but you, and, and again, you have to give her some, some, some props
2: because of, like I said, she, if you're looking at it as this is how she really was, then to me, Faye Dunaway should have been acknowledged a lot more for this film and she wasn't. And that, that is really crappy at the same time you think to yourself really i feel bad for christina now angela played devil's advocate here at the end of this movie and we were trying to figure out why she didn't leave any money to her kids you know right. she basically disowned them in a sense like a divorce yeah. at the end um and christina actually fought and got fifty-five thousand, but she also has two other adopted kids she had five one was taken back um because the mom decided within the year she wanted the kid back. So she was down to four. Uh Christopher and Christina. Um the younger two actually did get money. They got seventy five thousand each. I don't know if you know this. So Christopher and Christina didn't get squat, but the, the next two that she adopted got seventy five K each, which is not a lot when you consider her estate was eight million dollars.
1: Well and the fact that she sat on all that all that Pepsi stuff. Oh, she that whole
2: scene too. And that it's was another scene.
1: I love that scene. That I do scene too.
2: that scene right there. Um but at the same time you're also thinking, Did she really love that guy? No. Of course, <laughs> of course she didn't. Of course Coca Cola president wasn't was married, so she couldn't go to that <laughs> one. <laughs> you think um, she could
1: she could have she could have uh, passed a blind taste test if she would uh, picked Coca Cola versus <laughs> Pepsi?
2: I, I love the fact that he told her, like, you're killing me. You got to stop. We got to cut back to spending. And she's like, no, this is for you. You're, I'm doing this for you. All right. Find a way to make the, the company pay for it. That, that scene, too, was pretty, pretty rough. Um, the one thing that I, I could tell in this movie that I liked most about Faye Dunaway is when she was feeling jealous of her own kid, you can see it in her facial expression. Yep. Whether it was the photo shoot. You felt that when the boyfriends were there the uncles and um i don't know if you noticed this but christina was you know filming in the scene where she's uh was filling the scotch and the guy's all easy on the scotch because she's all i know how to make scotch for my uncles you know that i'm like wow and then she fills up a half a glass of gray goose vodka not a little small tumbler mind you a little four ounce she filled up a freaking regular class half of it with gray goose goose vodka and walks it into mom who at that point is making out with this guy so to me i thought you know it's it's what a difference in time and era that we live in that that's how it was and and you could see that, that i thought that little girl did a great job of acting um i think i thought you know for for me that young girl to get hit by Faye Dunaway in the movie, you know, she's sitting there pounding on her with this freaking, right with the Ajax and she's hitting her with it. It's not like she wasn't hitting her with it. You could see it. And you know, she's for me, it's like, wow, you know, are you you kidding me? You know, and that little girl did great and she got no acknowledgement of that film, which is really, really bothered me. That young lady, she too was uh, got a raspberry for the newest upcoming horrible actress.
1: Uh, that's not, and that's that's not a that's not a fair shake. Because no, not at all. It, it was. You talk about needing to get into a role. Mm. Imagine your own mother behaving that way, and you've got to act your way through it. Yeah, she's. So for I me, mean, it's we, it's a it's a crazy movie to
2: watch, um, and and I've I've heard more and more people say that that I watch this movie for the fact that it, my parents make me watch it, so they know that it's okay to
1: beat us. <laughs> so they 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 can they continue to reinforce that yeah well it was good enough for joan Crawford it's good enough for us you think you got it bad (laughs) watch this now the fact now the fact that you and joan's family um share the same last name is is there is this a a family a family trait or uh (laughs) is there a family connection here so what's ha- Nana not
2: telling me? I, I have notes here. I have to ask. This is a question I'm going to ask you because your dad's still around. My mom is still around. My dad is not. Um, and and you, you don't have to give too much in the details of personal, but there's got to be, you know, now we make jokes about it. You had to have gotten your butt whipped once or twice for something you des- definitely deserved. Yes. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna tell you my story and you can tell me yours, okay? And see if it compares to the wire hanger Ajax scene. Um, my mom and my brother, Stuart, and my sister, Patty, and I got in trouble. We were mouthing off more than likely. And my mom came in and hit us with a belt. And she hit me, I cried. She hit my sister. She cried. She hit my brother, Stuart. He didn't cry. So she hit him again. He still didn't cry. She hit him again. He still didn't cry. So then she told him, if you don't cry, I'm going to beat your brother and sister. (laughs) So me, me, he still wouldn't cry. And so we got hit, Patty and and I, and we're sitting there crying, like, please just cry, Stuart, just cry.
1: (laughs) Now, is that torture or what? That's that, that's a, that's interesting strategy for sure. I mean, put talk about pressure on Stewart, right? Oh, he, he squeezed out a few tears to get us off that hook. But. I'm sure he did. <laughs> so now yours. Well, it, it was it was not as a young child, necessarily. I think I must have been 10 or 11. And uh, I was caught red handed um, stealing cigarettes. Wow. Um, and, and not just any cigarette, but uh, Virginia Slims. Um, you know, the best uh, the best women's liberation feminist type cigarette to possibly have. And uh, I got the belt for that, too. But we've always deserved it.
2: And maybe, yeah. maybe Christina should remember not to have wire hangers
1: in her closet. I bet she, well... <laughs> Don't you think she took her fifty thousand uh, dollar inheritance and built a shrine, <laughs> okay. some closet, and
2: that's all that's in there? That in the in the rose bushes in the flower garden, she
1: tore apart when she got fired from the studio. I heard. I heard she married the uh, the chief executive officer for Ajax. Ajax. <laughs> uh, this got this got three red vines from me for you it's got that cult it's got the cultish thing i I like faye dunaway anyway so it's easy to to really rev it up in this movie um she just was a crazy person oh absolutely and i think it was portrayed very very well
2: well for me um mommy dearest got two and a half uh popcorns for me uh one and a half for wire hangers (laughs) <laughs> and one for Faye <laughs> right on. I, I do I do feel bad though because like I said I read all the the, the reviews on it and the critiques and it is very unfortunate that she got sh- you know shined in a bad light on this as far as Faye Dunaway is concerned because I, I thought you know the role itself was was good I do have to ask the lawyer in the beginning Oh before, yes. Before, played by um Steve, I think Steve Forrest. Wasn't it? it was Greg Savage. Steve Forrest, correct. Steve Forrest. Wasn't he in the movie Airplane? Or am I wrong there?
1: Uh checking, checking, checking. I am. Checking. I'm trying. I can I and i you're absolutely right it's it, Steve Forrest. That, Steve Forrest but Forrest? i don't
2: i guess not. I guess it What he wasn't. I thought he was um that he played in that but it might i might be completely wrong and i think i am. I think i am. But i was oh, a, I, oh I, you know what? No. got to check now. He played General Sline in Spies Like Us. That's what the other one he brought.
1: That's that's so, that's right. That's yes. right. But i, I know he, who you're thinking of. I, yes, thank you. But uh so apologies for uh hijacking the podcast um we have breaking news now uh, hopefully you'll you'll humor me and and follow along here we were originally going to uh celebrate the the release of tom hanks's new movie uh greyhound by having a, a a tom hanks weekend and there'd be plenty of movies for us to watch but while we have been podcasting on this Friday evening, uh, news has come through uh, that a very accomplished actor, Chadwick Bozeman, died of cancer earlier today. Oh, no. And I think you and I should uh, take, uh, have a, a Chadwick Boseman uh, weekend and uh, review three of his movies next week. We're, we're catching this at, at press time, ladies and gentlemen. So, yes. uh, I've thrown, I've thrown Monty off base just a little bit. And one of the movies we just recently saw because he was into five Bloods*, Blood, which, yeah. which we reviewed, um, ironic that the day before Jackie Robinson day, um, which Chadwick Bozeman played the lead in, uh, the day before that, that celebration is the day he passed. Uh, he was also featured in uh, the 2014 biopic Get On Up as the Godfather of mm-hmm. Soul Br- James Brown. So if you, if you don't mind uh, tabling uh, our Tom Hanks celebratory yes, weekend, so that we can honor Mr. Bozeman, because um, I I thought Storm and Norman was uh, a great role for him in The Five Bloods. Yes, and I'd have no trouble l- looking at a catalog of his, of his movies and watching them well he's he's got thurgood you know marshall from thurgood marshall he was great
2: in that um uh gods of egypt uh get on up he's Vonte mack in draft day we got football coming up uh 42 jackie robinson it was a great movie
1: and he played a great role i'm just well, i'm shocked right now i didn't
2: know this i didn't I, even know he had
1: cancer i had no idea as well rest and in and peace he, my man he was, he was 43 um godspeed um chadwick Bozeman, a, a great young actor with a, a number of great roles and we're gonna we're gonna bring you three of the the best ones next week uh, yes. when, when we get together for the for the podcast
2: and we'll, we'll post on uh our social media uh, um this coming up in the next couple of days what movies we'll do because we'll need to get together and figure out which one we want
1: and it, just like Monty and I generally do on a weekly basis, Monty will pick one. I'll pick one. We were going to go back to having a poll like we've done in the past, and, and maybe we're able to still do that um, because there's, there's a catalog of movies that he was in that, that y'all should choose from. So we will talk offline. Yes. Make sure to to keep an eye on our social media sites between Facebook, Twitter. Uh, our Instagram page, which Bonnie does such a fabulous job with. Uh, it was great having the daughter on. She's the one that tipped me off about uh, the news about Mr. Bozeman. So thank you wow. for that, Liv. And uh, this was a lot of fun today, uh, but it's unfortunate to end on on a bit of a somber note. Well, like I said, rest in peace, and uh, I will get with you later on. Um, I'll get with you tomorrow, and we'll talk a little bit about his movies. God bless the soul right. of Chadwick Bozeman and we are Two Real Reviewers You'll hear us next week
2: When are you gonna come down When are you going to land should I should have stayed on the phone should I should have listened to my is too young to